everyone, and welcome to this week's Crit Bit. This is Patrick, your Game Master. I'm so happy to invite some new blood onto the show in the form of our first full crossover episode. So joining us this week are the crew members of one of my favorite podcasts, and it should be one of yours too. We have the entire cast and crew of the Called Shot podcast. Oh, shit. Oh, there's so many of you guys. <laughs> We're a motley crew. Uh, yeah, so you guys are a Pathfinder actual play show, uh, much like we're Starfinder. And if you guys listening at home don't know what Pathfinder is, but you are listening to this, I'm very confused at how you found us. <laughs> but I just want to, uh, to you all from the called shot, welcome aboard the Cosmic Crit show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for Thanks having us. us. Yes, great. Uh, uh, so why don't we go around real quick? My name is Patrick. I've already introduced myself. Why don't you guys uh, introduce yourself to... To, to me, to one another, and to our listening audience. Uh, this is Matt. I play Fang on the Called Shot podcast, and tonight I'm playing Corina Steelfang Noah. Ah, uh, yes. Ms. Steelfang. We know her well here. And this is Adam. I play John Ollie and Ark Sunderson on the Called Shot podcast. Tonight I will be playing Zekanoya Spike Smasher, aka Spike. <laughs> of course, everyone calls him <laughs> Spike. <laughs> uh, who else? And this is Davery. I play Zugray on the Called Shot podcast. And tonight I'll be playing Q4, the Android Terror. <laughs> Android Terror. That's right. Shaking in my boots. All right. And this is Valley. I play Kitnick Thistle Spinner on our show. And tonight I am playing the Captain, Alara Aquana. Mm hmm. Bit, a, bit of an upgrade. <laughs> and this is Wes. I am the GM of this motley crew. I play all of the other characters they don't want. <laughs> and tonight, I think I'm an off-screen character, Burgundy Blazer. Burgundy Blazer, the, the new addition to the crew. <laughs> appropriate. Uh, and this is Chad. I play Sebastian on uh, Called Shop Podcast. And tonight I am playing uh, Arcor, a uh, Yosoki pirate, apparently. Oh, yes. Yes, our, our one of our favorite NPCs. Uh-oh. No pressure. Yeah, well, you're actually uh, good friends and enemies of one of the the crew of the Cosmic Crit, Edros Veranus, the former Vesk pirate. Um, so no, no, no pressure. Everyone loves our core. Uh, right. So, Cold Shot, welcome again. If you guys listening uh have been paying attention you know probably what's going to happen a little later on but first i just want to talk to you and and uh see you know if we can get a little insight into your podcast into your game you guys are playing skull and shackles the the adventure path that's all pirate themed uh for, for pathfinder it is one of my favorite adventure paths one of my favorite ap's can you guys just maybe go around and, and talk a little bit you know why do you love it? What What's there to love about uh, Skull and Jackals? Pirates. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> aforementioned pirates, yes. That's, I love pirates. Yeah, I mean... So, it, that, that's mine, pirates. <laughs> we picked right to get Valley on the show. <laughs> this is the only reason we're playing pirates is we wanted Valley to come play with us. And she likes pirates, so... And well, it, yeah, it's, it's exciting that... Uh, Paisa went whole hog in this adventure path, and it, it's, I mean, you guys are not <laughs> through with it yet, and I can't spoil anything. It's pirates from book one to book six. There's there's no uh, there's no break in the pirate action. And I think it's great, this is Davery, by the way, and I think it's great because <laughs> it gives us an opportunity as players to more directly, to, to direct the game, as opposed to we're on rails. We've got to go save the world. We got to go find the mystic doodad. It's mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you got a ship, you got a sword. What do you want to do? Yeah, and as a listener to you guys, I can already tell that some of the places where you deviated uh, from when I played and NGM'd the the adventure path was super exciting to hear. And as a GM, for me to kind of hear Wes kind of roll with some of the things that you threw at him, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah, we we kind of no. like to make him cry, quite frankly. You know, it, it was it was very exciting from a GM point of view. So, yeah, I, I guess let's go on to this next question. I I was joking about it before that people listening might know of Starfinder and might not have heard of Pathfinder, if this is like your first point of contact in tabletop role-playing games. But Pathfinder, you know, 10-year-old, amazing, award-winning game that that you all are playing right now. I've played a lot in my personal life. And yeah, just 
thousands and thousands of, of super diehard fans out there. What is it about the, the game that keeps us all coming back? Well, this is Chad. I've, I've been playing it since it came out. And a little bit of it, I think, was it sort of carried on a lot of what we liked from 3.5. You yes. know, I, I tried 4.0, I gave, or sorry, 4.0, 4th edition, and gave it a good solid try. And it just never clicked with me. Mm-hmm. And then Pathfinder just sort of, for me at least, sort of felt like coming home in a way. Yeah. I, I play a variety of systems, but Pathfinder is one of those that just. I guess I have enough experience with it that I just it just clicks and it's easy to pick up and easy to go back to. That was ten years ago. Is is it still holding your attention uh, uh, so so raptly in, in that entire time? Eh, like I said, I've played other systems, but <laughs> I've dabbled. I dabbled, yeah, <laughs> uh, more than that. But Pathfinder is one of those. Again, when I when I get that urge for a solid fantasy system that has a lot of backing to it. Mm-hmm. It's a good one to come back to. Yeah, this is Adam. That's probably one of my favorite things about Pathfinder. Since it's been introduced to me, the lore behind it is just what has really encapsulated me. I think it's so neat and it's really unique in, in my opinion. And that's really what's kept me with it for so long. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the the crown jewel in, in Paizo's publications, I really think, are these adventure paths that are... Almost all of them are <laughs> six-part adventures that come in these like 50, 30 to 50 page kind of magazine formats where you got the adventure, you've got some some new monsters, maybe a little bit of lore and background sprinkled in. Um, Didn't I, they uh, actually take over Dungeons as well as Dragon Magazine, and this was their replacement for yeah. that publication? Yeah, yeah. So they Dungeon and Dragon Magazine mixed together. We're originally doing yeah a magazine, and I remember. I think I do remember that magazine while it was being published, and I I don't think I ever bought it because I I didn't quite understand the format, but the the kind of quality paperback prints that they they are doing all the adventure paths in now so collectible. Yeah, I I buy them even if I have no plans to run some of the APs just because I want to read them. You talk to Matt about that, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's looking yeah. guilty right about now. Our uh, librarian. Yeah. <laughs> the only ones I don't have are the carrying carrying crown. I own all the rest of the APs at this point. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, several of us GM, so I think we all either own a few or have read them and mined them for ideas. My and, guilty obsession. That's the other thing. I... I super advise people to at least take a look at the the part one of the adventure paths to get an idea if they do want to home like what does an adventure look like if you write up you know 20 hours worth of homebrew material like what is that going to entail and get ideas on like okay I put some skill checks in here and I can put a fight in here and for Starfinder where where to put in those spaceship battles and <laughs> almost always the the answer to that is when you are in your spaceship but sometimes you'd be surprised <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was you want... when I need to kill time because I didn't plan anything else for the session <laughs> yeah this <laughs> just make a combat that takes uh, two hours you guys should have read the rules again. Uh, right. So speaking of Starfinder, have you guys taken taken a look at it yet? Uh, I know you, you've been busy the entire time. It's been out with uh, with called shot. But yeah, so this is Adam again. I've actually a bunch of friends at work had asked me to run a game for them after discovering uh, called shot. And I, I asked them if they wanted to try Starfinder because I've been listening to you guys mm. and I want to run the campaign so badly. Uh, so they agreed to learn a new system and they have graciously learned it very well. And I think we're on week four now and oh, wow. they're absolutely loving it. So big shout out to those guys. Thanks for letting me GM and I'm having a blast with it. I think it's so much fun. Yeah, it's well, it's a little different from the Pathfinder APs because they do play a little faster. Um, just kind of the way that science fiction works is you have to plan for players just be able to space to Google any uh, information that they need to find out. Or, you know, if they have to go a very far distance, jump in a spaceship and they're there within a few days. Yeah, this is uh, Chad. I actually have a second group. I'm, I'm cheating on the called shot group <gasps> with another group, but uh, I'm actually. Though. So it's OK. I, yeah. I'm actually gearing up to run a Starfinder game for them as well, and they've they have never played Starfinder at all. Never even looked at the rules until I had them create characters. So this should be yeah. interesting. But they played Pathfinder, so yeah, this yeah, would be my, my first experience with with Starfinder. I've not looked at the books. I've not done anything mm-hmm. with it at all. So I am totally new to this. Right. So I'm I'm very excited to talk about some of the rules. You know, it's one of those things. If you've 
played Pathfinder before, you can just sit down, you know, at a um, a Starfinder Society uh, guild play, uh, you know, organized play, and you know, talk to them about getting a, a pre-generated character and, and diving right in. I really think it is pretty intuitive for you know at least level one characters that are fairly basic. You know, your your soldiers and. Even even the magic users are pretty like oh okay I get so many spells Every, everyone's a um, spontaneous caster in in Starfinder so it just makes everything a little easier and uh, but you know a, a lot of people were like oh well it was kind of like a uh, a dry run for Pathfinder Second Edition um, because they do some rules light kind of things with Starfinder but uh, now now that we know <laughs> about Second Edition we know that kind of it came first and then they're like hey let's make Starfinder out of what we're already planning on doing. Anyway, right. <laughs> we've talked enough around Starfinder. Let's let's get into the game and, and actually play some. <laughs> let's roll some dice. Yeah. Yeah, well, digital dice. So we should mention that since you guys are guests on Cosmic Crit, while you are around your physical tabletop, we're now at the virtual tabletop of Roll20, <laughs> which is very exciting for me. I, I like it because... I'm not going to pull any punches. You guys will see the dice that I roll, and I get to see the dice that you roll. And uh, yeah, don't do a lot of secret rolling. Yeah, and I guess what's really neat, my understanding is Paizo is partnered with Roll20 now? Yes, so that literally just started for, I think, the pro members of Roll20 for this, the current AP that's come out, the the War for the Crown. And it's it's great. Like, all the information, all the stats you need to run that adventure path are in the game, like when you log in and you just kind of like arrange them, they've got, you know, all the, the art and the maps set up. And that is going to extend to Starfinder in, I think, the fall, late summer, early fall, somewhere in there. So probably one of the next adventure paths for, for Starfinder. That's awesome. That's going to be so cool. Yeah, it's going to be really cool for your main man, Patrick, here, because <laughs> so much of my prep is, is uh, you know, converting... The, the Paizo PDFs into to Roll20. Anyway, that's, that's some inside baseball. So let's play Starfinder. <laughs> Starfinder! Um, let's do this. Shoot something. So, right. We we actually met all of these characters, almost all of these characters, a few episodes ago. You all are playing the crew of the space pirate vessel, the Rusty Ribbit. Nice. <laughs> the Rusty uh, Ribbit. The Rusty Ribbit. I like uh, it. So we'll, we'll go around and we'll talk a little bit about your characters first. Uh, you've got the daring gunner Karina No, aka Steel Fang, <laughs> a uh, a Lashunta woman with a metal grill, a bunch of metal teeth in her in her head. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> the second, the engineer uh, for the ship Q Four, it's an android with a a chip on their so- shoulder. <laughs> Third, we've got the ship's pilot, the brutal Vesk enforcer Zekanoya Spike Smasher, aka Spike. There's the ship's SO, science officer, the Soki Arcor, and the, the former uh, mutinous first mate of our show's Edros. And last but not least, the free captain herself, uh, the rebel without a, a cause, uh, Alira Aquana. And also, <laughs> I'm sorry, there's also Burgundy Blazer, who's uh, like fresh meat on the crew. They they just took him on, on board. <laughs> Has elbow patches, and I love it. <laughs> Where's my espresso? <laughs> so yeah, you you are all under the command of of Captain Aquana, who is a newly minted free captain, which means she just kind of was inducted into the the, the pirates code. Um, you can be a affiliated pirate with the the pirate council in, in Starfinder, or you can be one of those ragamuffins that you know don't apply to the. Uh, the criminal organization don't pay their dues, things like that. But you've just made free captain, uh, Captain Aquana, and part of being a, a free captain, a new free captain, is you're given a lot of grunt work. Uh, so you all are out right now in the diaspora, a massive asteroid field full of you know asteroids, rocks the size of pebbles, all the way up to small planetoids. And this is part of the Pact Worlds, which is like the main uh, solar system where Galarian once was, it has disappeared since uh, the days of Pathfinder. The area you're in, this this huge asteroid belt, it's known uh, as a hideout for smugglers, thieves, and of course, the Pirate Council uh, of Broken Rock. 
So, Alira, as you were just made free, Captain, you're low on the totem pole, and you have been stuck on patrol duty, uh, making nice with locals, and making deliveries. So, not a lot of very exciting pirate work, but that's what you're doing. Pirate at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually like they, uh, you're kind of like a unpaid intern, I guess, right now. Yes, United Pirate Service. <laughs> pirate Lords. But uh, th that's what you're doing right now. The Pirate Lord Dreadlock has you out delivering this massive crate to a small asteroid on the other side of the belt. And the Rusty Rivet has been traveling on for a few hours, uh, just under standard engine power. And I would love if everyone wanted to make a, a roll for me. Let's uh, have everyone roll perception, which for you guys is just a d20 plus five. Did someone actually roll a dice in real life? We all have dice, so we can do it, but... <laughs> no, I, I like... I, I love the Foley work, the actual sounds. Hey, we, uh, we like high-quality audio here on the Call Chat Podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Everyone rolled super well. I was well what's great the is the virtual dice don't carry the same bad luck that I've always had. <laughs> and oh, they can't will. fling them off the table. I think what we can see here is that we're all incredibly bored, so we all notice something because we're desperately looking for something to do. <laughs> yeah, so the ship's computer is just like droning on, you know, identifying asteroids and kind of like plotting a course between them. And you guys have to be at your stations because it is still kind of dangerous out here. But you all here, just about everyone, because you all rolled really well, a massive thud and then a crashing sound coming from inside the ship. It's definitely not an external kind of banging on the whole thing. It sounds like something or someone breaking stuff, uh, maybe a, a few bulkheads over. Who's breaking my ship? Well, Captain, uh, the Vesk is still at his station, so we know it's not him for once. <laughs> Why don't we go ahead and send in Burgundy, find out. That sounds like a great idea. Hey, Burgundy. Yep. Find out what that noise was. No problem. Then it come is. back and tell me. Okay. It is coming from your side of the ship, Burgundy. You are closest, so you have to go <laughs> investigate. All right. I guess. I'll go and find out what's happening. Q4 will lean over towards uh, towards Spike and say, I get his bunk if he dies. <laughs> Only if I don't take it first. Have you seen his bunk? Do you really want that rat hole? And I say that as Yosuke. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because they're rat people. <laughs> uh, can so you you exit the bridge and head into a small mess area, you know where you guys eat the the simple gruel that uh, is stored in your your ship stores for these long deliveries. Uh, every once in a while, maybe Q4 will cook up something nice. But what is cooking up here right now smells pretty awful. You take a look down. The, the, the darkened galley and Burgundy, you see this hulking mass of taut muscles, wicked curving horns, and these massive protruding bone segments coming out of this very large creature feel what it looks like right now. Uh, yes, I am seeing this now, so I will make a full withdrawal. Yeah, <laughs> off the ship and uh, yeah, yeah, just jump right out in airlock. Well, but before you do, why don't you give me a uh, a quick mysticism check? Now, I, a lot of you pirates might not have a lot of trained skills. I'm just going to assume so. We all have a chance that you've got at least one rank in some of these knowledge skills. So go ahead and give me just d20 roll plus plus one. Is that for Burgundy? Just for Burgundy, yes. All right, Burgundy's going to roll. Somebody's got to roll for me. I don't have access to roll 20. Fine, I'll roll for you. Hang Thanks, on. Chad. I'm having Ooh. issues. Ooh. You might regret that decision. You won't let me delete my, my pluses on here. So a little burgundy got an eight on that roll. Okay, so uh, not enough to figure out what this thing is, but it starts making this awful horking sound. And it hurls... ah, a new pet for the ship. <laughs> Yeah, you're not going to think of that in a moment. It hurls up a massive gob of acid and kind of just spits it in your direction. <laughs> what is that noise? Uh, it's nothing. I mean, so, you should all get in here right away. Hey, Burgundy, back up, man. This is a KAC attack that is making against you. KAC okay. is kinetic armor class. Um, there's two armor classes in, in Starfinder, which might sound crazy to you. Pathfinder folks. Absurd. Absurd. That's, that's for like physical things that hit you. Like if someone throws a knife at you or a jacketed rifle round. Or a gob of acid. Yes. 
a, a giant gob of acid. And I rolled a 10. The KAC for, for your pirate crew is 13. That is going to be a hit. Uh, I thought I knew what this thing did in this acid spit attack. It coats your arm, like, as you, like, raise up burgundy to, to, to fend it off. And it just, yeah, it envelops your arm and kind of seeps through your skin. And you immediately feel your bones... Uh, start to dissolve away, and you take one point of constitution damage. Not my elbow patches. <laughs> I'll sew those back on later. As soon as it finishes horking that up, it immediately begins running away, and it runs runs well far down the corridor. You can hear a couple of bulkhead doors opening up and closing as as it goes. Great, it can uh, open doors. <laughs> well, they're they're kind of automated on on the ship. But uh, at, at least when you take a look at this thing, if they were locked, it would probably just tear through them. <laughs> so uh, might might be a good thing. So have you indicated that you've just been slimed yet? <laughs> oh, no. Burgundy? I'm just complaining well, about elbow patches. <laughs> well, we'll get to to that because uh, we're not in combat. You can you can turn around and, and uh, explain this to the rest of the crew, what just happened. Yeah, I showed them my arm. Guys, look. It likes me. It's like wobbling without an elbow. Yeah. <laughs> wobbling around. Your well, all, all floppy. I don't think that means it likes you. What <laughs> it? What it is on the ship? There's not supposed to be an it on the ship. It's a uh, thing with the legs and the horns and the bones. Can somebody Thought translate that, please? Worst intern ever. Yeah, truly, you spare no details for us, my friend. Well, why don't, just based on... Burgundy's description, uh, you guys can all make a mysticism check and see if you've got any more. Wow, I thought I was a nice GM. (laughs) So do we have cameras inside the rusty rivet that we can maybe pull up on the view screen to show what this thing looks like? Oh boy. I'm I'm just going to something. rolls come in. We've got a 20, we've got a 1. You you do if... um, Who who was that speaking? What character? That was Q4. That makes such analytical android sense to do <laughs> and yeah there is actually a camera in what looks like the portside cargo bay where this noise was coming from and if you go back and look at the cameras you see this thing bust out of this massive crate that the the free captain or uh, the the pirate council member had sent you to deliver Oh, great. I guarantee. So nobody checked the manifest. Uh, got it. <laughs> well, when the the pirate council kind of tells you, like, hey, deliver this, you don't say, hey, what's inside? You're like, let's go. Oh, you check after you leave port. Note to self, never deliver crate 626 ever again. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you are looking at the footage, though, you can tell it seems like there's some other things inside the crate um, it looks like maybe some kind of technology. So there's definitely something to check out there. But first, let's describe what this thing is. It seems <laughs> Zekanoia Spike Smasher, the enforcer on the ship, maybe you have tussled with these before. Yeah, I rolled a natural 20, so... It, yeah, you, you know uh, full well that this is a crest eater. It's this magical, mystical beast that literally eats bones... Just kind of strips them out of people. <laughs> oh man! And yeah, it comes from the the dead homeworld of Kasoth, where the Kasothans come from. And it's pretty much known to be, you know, one of the most horrendous things you'd ever want stomping around on your ship. It will destroy metal. It will tear people limb from limb. And yeah, it, it, it is also known to eat people, eat their bones while they're still alive. So all in all, a terrible ship pet. I like him. Yeah, Burgundy, I don't think you're getting that arm back. Uh, <laughs> Captain, we didn't agree to transport it. We certainly didn't agree to transport it alive. I've tussled with these things. You don't want to take them non-seriously. Can we just depressurize that part of the ship? All of these sound like great, great suggestions. Um, let's figure out where it ended up because it's it's no longer in that cargo area. So we need to find it, make sure it doesn't do any more damage to the ship. And uh, you're right. We didn't agree to, to deliver it you know, alive. So I really don't want to lose any more arms. <laughs> aye, aye, Captain. Karina will drop, draw her pistol. Lock and load, boys. And she heads south towards <laughs> that, uh, that door that's directly down. Yeah, Arcor will stuff a grenade in his cheek pouch. Ooh, <laughs> you're soaky. Someone knows all about them. Hashtag cheek pouches. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. if you guys uh, want to head kind of towards that side where it ran off from, 
Do you want to check where it came from, the, the cargo bay? Uh, I would recommend checking it just as the pilot, but out of curiosity from a rules perspective, with me being the pilot, can I put it the ship on autopilot or do I have to stay sitting down running the ship kind of thing? Uh, there is autopilot. You would probably want to slow your roll, as it were, though, if if you were leaving it, um, just in case someone comes up and, and starts shooting at you. Gotcha. So you want to throw in the parking brake. Yes. <laughs> Plus we're in an asteroid belt, right? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, the, the rusty rivet, though, does have shields. So most small meteors that come up against it just going to bounce right off. All right. Uh, so then I, I would like to go as well. But before I get up away from my station, I'll just, hey, Burgundy, hmm? why don't you come on over here and uh, try and pilot this thing? I'll give you a little bit of a test run. I've been showing you how to do a few little things. But Jane, I wanted to go after Jane. You named it Jane. Well, of course. <laughs> it was obvious. Was it not obvious that the name was Jane? Boy, just get up here. Okay, fine. Captain, I'll admit to a certain polite interest in the technology in that crate, if nothing else. It might help us slow that thing down. That sounds like a great idea, because it's been pretty quiet for the, the most part of this voyage, so maybe, maybe something else, in that crate will help. Maybe we can lure it into an airlock with our friend here. <laughs> all right, well, take a look in the crate. Let me know what you find. Aye, aye. Do you guys all want to head over that direction? Yeah, the Arcor is going to hop up and uh, scurry off in that direction. Q4 is going to follow with him just in case, drawing okay. his pistol also. Okay, so you guys hopefully are moving your way down towards the the cargo bay where this thing escaped from and looking at the, the box it kind of smashed its way out of. It is completely destroyed, and as, as you get up to it, uh, you see a weapon kind of holstered in the back of this huge crate, this metal crate. And as you get closer, a large hologram of a three-armed Kasothan with two huge curved blades hanging from his hips pops up. It's a, a pre-recorded hologram from the pirate lord Dreadlock. And he comes up and says, Ho, 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 ho. I see my little present finally woke up, Alira Aquana. I hope you all are ready for a fight. This beast is one of the deadliest on my homeworld, and it has not been fed in three days. Kill the beast and pass this round of the free captain trials. Fail, and you will know what it is like to have your bones digested while you are still living. I, I left a little present, though, inside the crate for you, just to show there are no hard feelings. Let me just say, I really don't like him. <laughs> I'm not fond of this guy either right now, but we really don't have to keep it alive now. So that is correct. I fear no repercussions. So what is this large bin that was in the crate? It is a heavy weapon, which is a class of weapons in Starfinder, which are just kind of, you know, above and beyond. They're, you know, grenade launchers, rocket launchers. This one, though, is a Red Star plasma cannon. Oh, and nice. You know it's going to be pretty instrumental in killing this monster. It does a lot of damage, but it is also just as likely to do a lot of collateral damage to the ship in the process. So I would warn about using it if anyone's close by. Sounds like that's going to be something our Vesk is going to need. Oh, I ain't yep. picking it up. <laughs> yeah, not blow a hole anything important. For this level of heavy weapon, I think you just have to have a strength. 12 to be able to lift it and use it but anybody anybody can pick it up uh, do, do you want to give it to spike smasher uh spike smasher will take it before anybody can just give it to him <laughs> <laughs> captain approves <laughs> right, come on you don't want to see the yosoki at three feet tall <laughs> oh look my around. red pulse cannon i was wondering where i left that yeah. <laughs> so this is everyone else has the same kind of pistols and long swords for this gun it does expand it explodes, so you kind of pick a point on the map, and it explodes in a five-foot burst of a, a massive kind of red star energy. Nice. And everything within that five feet takes 2d10 damage. Wow. Awesome. Jeez. Well, what is the... Says to me, Spike's going first. What is the range on that? I believe 100 feet, if I'm looking at this. Okay. In trade, correctly. You're going to be able to hit any ship, basically. Right, so you guys want to continue on, see if you can find where this thing is probably in the bowels of a ship tearing up bulkheads. Absolutely, and I'll move in front since I've got the big guns. <laughs> You're darn right you will. <laughs> you are darn skippy. Alira may be the captain, but I am the pilot. I do not want to damage the ship, and I don't know that I trust any of you with this weapon. 
Again, I'm okay with this. If we didn't need you to kill this thing, I'd just shoot you in the back of the head right now. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so it's definitely towards the the uh, the bottom of the ship where you've got like the engine and the the drift drive. You can tell it, it's not towards the front where where you came from. But uh, what would you guys like to do? Do you want to try and sneak around? You do know the ship. There are a few ways to get around it. So if you want to split up, say, and let what, the, what kind of communication do we have? Do we have GM talkies? Do we have like you know? Uh, most yeah. everyone here, yeah. If you suit up into your your armor, you do have short range communications just in your uh, your regular armor that you buy. Just about every piece of armor has the ability to communicate. Why don't we do a pincer move? Two of us split off one way, the rest of us go the other way. We'll try and we'll try and uh, snare it in the middle, let the Vesk fire that cannon at it. I just hope I don't miss. Yeah, man. I'll do on top of it. I'm, uh, I think I'll stay right here on this side with Spike. I don't really want to be downrange of that thing. All right. Well, we need to figure out where it is first. So let's, uh, why don't we head back into where we've got the cameras before we do anything else? Let's go ahead and see if we can see it on any of the other cameras that we have. Hey, Burgundy, why don't you make yourself useful and check the cameras for us? Yeah, so there's actually in the, the galley that you guys are in, ship security. And if you want to make a computer's check for me, um, just roll a d20, and I think we're just going to add one for, for computers for you guys. Is that where Karina okay. is? Is in the galley? That, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Just roll me that computer's check. We'll see if you can find <laughs> just about where this thing is. Okay. Ooh, ooh, Karina, four. No. Um, Hit it with my sword. <laughs> <laughs> did, did anyone else roll that? Sorry for that. that. Yeah, I rolled roll. a, yeah, I rolled a 18. Okay. So th- there's a few of you kind of like tapping through the feeds. It looks like a lot of the corridors where you do have some security feeds, you can see carnage of it, but you, you don't don't see where it is currently. Okay, but well we get a general idea of which direction it went, though. Yes, definitely, definitely towards the the rear of the ship. Okay. Direction. That thing gets to the engines. That's going to be bad. Yes, that right. is where that is where the, the engine and the drift drive is, which is the kind of the hyperspace engine for the ship. Do we have any other way to get to the engines aside from just this direction, or do we have a faster way that some of us can get to the engines to make sure they beat beat them down there? Unfortunately, there, there's soaky sized crawl spaces. Uh, probably, but the fastest way, yeah, would just go along the starboard side of the ship to to get to the the engine room. Wow. While we are talking about doing that, Q4 would like to see if he could use the computers, maybe lock the doors on the engine room. I know you said it'll tear through them, but maybe it'll buy us a round or two before it actually gets in there. Yeah, so there's like an energy containment field that you can kind of put up around both the engine and the drift drive. If it's already in there, though, then you're just kind of locking it in. Ship, I will warn you. So, out of curiosity, on the ship, is there any sort of uh, fire suppression system? Something nasty like, I don't know, Halon? No, most ships (laughs) of of this size, yeah, the the fire suppression is venting Atmo. (laughs) Are you saying this isn't OSHA compliant? Come on. (laughs) You are 100% sure, though, as soon as you start uh, trying to suffocate this thing, it would just immediately (laughs) start tearing holes in the ship. It sounds like we just need to hustle. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we know the general direction it went in. Let's go ahead and head that direction. Um, just keep your eyes peeled. Make sure to double back. All right, Captain. Uh, all right. Well, Q4, you want to come down the port side with me? Sure thing. Sure thing. The rest of you want to go down? Uh, starboard side. Starboard? Yeah. I don't know. It looks like the captain's hanging back. <laughs> Busy giving orders here. Uh, all righty. So it looks like uh, Arcor and Q4 are going through the... The, the airlock where it seems you can see the claw marks where this thing ran through. It, it ran, you know, just about as fast as a, a thoroughbred racehorse tearing through the ship. And you guys can meet down here in the, the bottom of the ship towards towards the, the aft section. And yeah, you can see the the engine is completely uh, undamaged, as is the, the drift ride. It doesn't look like it has gone into either of these places. Yeah, on the way by, Arcor's just going to stick his head in the rooms as we're passing just to make absolutely sure it hasn't torn through a bulkhead between them or anything. Mm-hmm. Yep, so you pass by a, a lavatory, the captain's quarters. <laughs> well, one of the few times you can sneak a peek inside there. What's uh, what's Captain Aquana got put up on, on her? 
Well, I'm, so I'm trying to make my stuff move here. I'm not having technical difficulties. <laughs> I'm somehow just still stuck on the bridge. She's got whatever the uh, Starfinder equivalent of uh, New Kids on the Block posters are. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I'm going to say. Series of hats. Uh, okay, so yeah, you, you guys have, have uh, secured what most of the, the after the ship. There are still uh, between both of you towards the center of the ship. There's your quarters, the crew quarters. Do you want to go in that direction? Yeah, we should probably make sure that it's not bunking up in somebody's bed. Well, I'll check what appears to be the captain's closet and such here, just in case, you know. Get out of my closet. You don't know I'm in your closet. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually your room, <laughs> along with maybe Q4. You guys can bunk up together, and uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's been here as, as well. Okay. Uh, Spike will come around to this door here then. It's kind of the opposite side of where they are mm-hmm. and walk through and just see what he sees. Yep, yep just another, another is a sneaky critter. Regular quarters. Um, but as you guys are, are peeling through and getting towards the back of the ship, yeah, you hear it start horking again and the sound of bone scraping on the, the metal grates of the ship. Uh, it is down in between these, these rows of quarters and ah. you can see it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Captain, we found it! <laughs> Seems like it's getting ready to charge, which means it's a great time to roll initiative right now. Close. Too close. Uh, and you guys just roll it. I'm going to oh, put you God. in to the turn order here. Wow. <sighs> got some. Got a lot of great ones already rolled tonight. Uh, I love the call shock room. Oh, no. <laughs> We're all going to die. I regret Spike has but one life to give to his country. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has a pretty good bonus. So does this creature. Arc A. Uh, do you guys see the uh, initiative turn order? I see it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Slowly being populated. I like, uh, Patrick, that during Cosmic Crit, you've actually pre-rolled initiatives a few times. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I do that a, a good deal. Um, I used to do it at my tabletop table just because for some reason calling out initiatives becomes like the hardest math problem I've ever done before. <laughs> it's like, wait, did you have a 12 and you have these numbers in order. Yeah. yeah. And then you also have to organize a list of five numbers. <laughs> too much, too much, work. way too much. Uh, I've got the Starfinder magnets. Yeah. So like, oh, a great product. In order. I love that thing. Yeah. I use that a lot. <laughs> I typically uh, don't roll in secret, but I don't tell what its bonus is until it kind of comes up in the turn. I have rolled a one for the crest eater. So, <laughs> not gonna not- lie, it's uh, it's pretty low on the initiative turn order, which means first is Captain Aquana Valley. What would you like to do? Um, you can hear this thing around the corner, so you you know it's there. I'm gonna draw my gun. Okay. Do you wanna? Wait for it. Yeah, because uh, if we shoot a big gun down that hall, I don't want to be anywhere in the middle of that. <laughs> so gotcha. I'm I'm gonna draw my gun and I'm gonna wait here for now. All right. Next in the turn order is Spike Zakanoya. You hear this thing the other side of your cabin's bulkhead, and you know you're within communication range of everyone else, so you know what they know or can at least hear. It seems to be just on the other side of the door that you're standing. So since these doors are automatic, uh, do I does it open up and I see it, or do oh, I have you, to like press a button? Because yeah, you can just like, move. You can move right through it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so before I'm moving at all, I'll just tell everybody else in the party. I think he's on the other side of the door. I will try and take care of him. <laughs> I mean, he's like pointing and yelling, "Yeah, yeah!" <laughs> so I'll step outside the door and immediately try and shoot with my new hefty weapon. Right. So, well, in Starfinder, like in Pathfinder, if uh, the combatant hasn't moved uh, or taken an action yet in the initiative turn order, they're flat-footed, which means they don't get to use their reaction attacks. And you've just done two things that would have provoked a reaction attack, moving through its threatened squares and, of course, shooting a, a ranged weapon. But it is so, it's already got its, like, claws dug in, getting ready to sprint. It's unable to attack you right now. So make that attack roll. The charm life of Spike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's do it. And I rolled a three. Before any <laughs> bonuses, of course, but it's back to my normal rolling. Yes. <laughs> so believe it or not, a three for this weapon is actually hit because you hit it. You're just hitting, like, a space on the ground, this exploding weapon. But it gets to make a reflex save. So that is a hit. (laughs) Believe it or not, a three is a hit. Wow. Wow. Go ahead and... Weapon for you. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Oh, I'm really real dice. I'm sorry. That's fine. You can just tell me the damage. I, I, I will believe you. I rolled a two and a nine, so 11 points of damage. I rolled another one for reflex. So <laughs> just nice. the, you have inherited the curse of Wes. Uh, yeah, just two natural ones in a row for those <laughs> keeping track at home. So I'm sorry, uh, seven, no, nine plus two, 11 points of yep. damage. 11 points of damage. All right. And I will write that damage down. It takes every little bit of it as, yeah, you open up on this with this red plasma cannon at point blank range. Uh, this hundred foot range heavy weapon. You're just like, <laughs> just kind of cram it up its butt and pull it to your arc melee weapon. Have you met this crew yet? I mean, this is about <laughs> our Ahsoki friend Arcor is next, and yeah, you hear a massive energy explosion on the other side of the door. What would you like to do? Well, I'd like to go home, but that's not really an option. So, um, is there any sort of maintenance hatch or anything where I can get up above this thing, or below it for that matter? It's kind of in a corner from where you think it might be, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, you can go I don't know, You can go out in the, the hallway where the, the rest of the team is, and it's kind of, you know, a good position to, to get a yeah, shot. Yeah, that's what in. I was trying to avoid doing <laughs> <laughs> there are on many ships, yeah, like hatchways that are kind of spelled out. And you can, I think, if you build your own ship, you can build that kind of stuff into your spaceship, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, in that case, uh, our core is going to scurry down here out this door into the corner where he can just uh, peek around. Yeah. So the corner where you are will actually give you um, a, a full cover bonus of plus four to your, your armor classes. So if this thing decides that it wants to shoot a gob of acid at you, you get a nice bonus for that. I have no problem whatsoever with that. Uh, and that being the case, uh, I don't know with Starfinder, is there a penalty for shooting into what I guess technically is melee given the... <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing. Your friends do provide cover bonuses to this monster because it is a large creature. It's only going to... Um, <laughs> Spike Smasher in the way is only going to plus two to its armor class. So uh, not not too bad. Well, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Arcor is just going to take a shot at it with his pistol. All right. And this is a semi-auto pistol. This is going to be against its K8. So make okay. that roll. And now that's a roll I can get behind. Hey, wow. All right. So <laughs> that's a hit. <laughs> what, what, what have you rolled here? Uh, what was that? I'm sorry. You've rolled a, a 14 on the dice, but with your bonuses, yeah. that is a 22. Even with its plus two to its armor class, that is a hit. Just barely a hit, but, but still one. Yeah, uh, that so. should be, uh, that's that's uh, three damage. Right, so two plus one. I've written it down. Uh, yep, and you just send one of its its spikes. Uh, you shatter it with your, your bullet. It has a lot more spikes, though. It has a lot more hit points, which brings us to Q4 next in the turn. Okay, so... Since I am not very familiar with Starfinder, I'm going to ask this in Pathfinder terms. Sure. And hope that they're similar enough. So can Q4 take a five-foot step to see the critter, Mm -hmm. use a standard action to shoot his pistol at said critter, and use a move action to just draw and hold his grenade? So it's a great question. There is no five-foot step in Starfinder. It is a, uh, a move called a guarded step if you don't want to provoke an attack of opportunity, but it does take a full move action to do that. Okay. But if you want to um, move and you know pull a grenade out while you, you move to get a shot and then just take a, a shot with your pistol, you can do that. Okay, great. I will do that. In that case, if I have to make the full move, I'll just go ahead and move to the other side. Yeah. My if my thing ever works here, oh well. I'll go ahead and make the attack roll. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> All right, that's a nineteen. A nineteen, uh, unfortunately, is going to be a miss because you are shooting through your your friend a little bit here. Let's not say friend. Let's say just, <laughs> just just a miss though, which means next in our turn order is Karina Steelfang. Yeah, he she runs over here. <laughs> no. Oh shoot! I- destroyed my game hang on god all that energy is just gone so here we go uh, so can i unload my clip throw my gun and then lob a grenade <laughs> well it's not superman no well there are guns in, in starfinder that allow you to do full auto mode which is yeah you waste your entire clip and you kind of just do a spray of bullets these pistols unfortunately don't do that but you can if you want make two shots 
if you don't move, like as a full action, make two attacks. And you can do that with anything, melee weapons, ranged weapons. But each of those attacks has a negative four modifier to them. So you have to, I'm not going to lie, you're going to have to roll very high. And it's got cover. All yeah, right. Yes. So I will get myself some cover, and then I'll take a shot. Hey, wait, I'm not covered. <laughs> I'll take a shot at uh, the big ugly. Move right behind Q4. Please don't talk about me that way. <laughs> <laughs> See, nobody takes some cover behind oh. Oh, oh, yeah. Is it dead? Unnatural 20. Uh, so a, a critical in Starfinder works a little different from Pathfinder, and it's going to work very similar in Pathfinder 2nd Edition. There are no confirmation rolls. That is a crit. Yeah. Any 20 is a crit, and so you do double damage. You roll twice the amount of damage die and add okay. twice the, the modifiers. So we're talking 2d6 plus 2, yeah? Correct. Bam, bam, 9, 11. Oh, boy. That is, that is a lot of damage. Just a lot more damage <laughs> than I thought you guys would do on turn one. It's going to be a pretty short fight. <laughs> That's like a Sothan sharpshooter, man. <laughs> a lot of weapons in uh, Starfinder do additional uh, critical effects so instead of having uh, times three weapons like you would have in Pathfinder, they, they kind of build that into different weapons, like a laser pistol if you critical with it. It does do double damage, but then you also can set the person on fire. <laughs> uh, and they take like extra fire damage. Some weapons do bleed damage. And you know, just like Pathfinder, Target's still bleeding. <laughs> Wes, I want one of these for our game. Sure. I want to set things on fire. No this problem. pistol wouldn't <laughs> happen to be one of those fun little toys, would it? Uh, you know, I didn't have it read, written down. I don't get it. Like disintegrate? Or... <laughs> so it's basically like a regular gun, just like a, a, a jacketed bullet gun. It does analog damage. Unfortunately, it has no extra critical effects. All right, cool. Yeah. That would be too much fun. <laughs> but double damage, yeah, you did as much damage as the heavy red plasma cannon. So pretty amazing there. She blows and... the barrel of the gun. <laughs> <laughs> and next, and last but not least in the turn, with a two roll on the initiative, is this uh, Crest Eater, which has one juicy target in front of it, which is... Zekanoia Spike Smasher. Nice knowing you. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, you're juicy. <laughs> and no, it Jay, is. Do it. <laughs> it's so incensed by this massive plasma damage you've done to it. It's going to make a couple of attacks. It's going to make two attacks against you. So what is? is these are going to be against your KAC. What is your KAC? My KAC is going to be 13. Okay. So I've rolled a nine and 11. Both of these have a negative four to the, the, the bonus. Both of those are a hit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Holy yeah. crap. Ow. This thing is a monster and it's probably going to kill you right now. So just <laughs> fair warning. It's, it's a lot of damage coming your way, right? Or or, <laughs> or I can roll two ones on the wow. I don't so even think I'm going to get to use my grenade now. Fight attacks. Programmed random number generators. This is like statistically impossible for you to roll this many ones. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. No, I just, I stink. <laughs> don't worry about that. That is still, still a lot of damage. That is 16 points of, of damage. Oh, this huge creature. Yeah, it's maw just tears through your armor, pierces right through, and you've got these bony protrusions in its its jaw that are sinking into your scaly flesh. Uh, At this point, I don't know if it's his bones or my bones. <laughs> yeah, why not a little bit of both? Well, funny you should mention that. It also, those bony protrusions, they break into your bones, start dissolving them immediately. I need you to make a fortitude save for Zekanoid. Dirty. <laughs> and this is why I didn't get close to it. <laughs> All right, 1d20 rolled, and I rolled a six, and you just said it was fortitude? It is. Uh, so that's a plus three. That is nine total. That is not enough. You also take a good amount of con damage. Actually, can you roll another fortitude? Because I think it, you'll need to make one for each of its attacks. Uh, 14 this time, plus three, so 17 on the second one. Great. So you're not going down right now because it does one point of con damage for that first really vicious bite and the the second one you save against jeez yeah now i know that typically in pathfinder whenever you lose your con you can also lose health but if i remember correctly in starfinder con only affects your stamina not your actual hp correct that is correct and we're kind of cheating in this game because i didn't make up 
actual characters for you guys. I'm just using from the very awesome uh, recent publication from Paizo, the Pact Worlds book. They have a whole section on NPCs, including tons of stats for different kinds of pirates. And I was just like, oh, well, I'm going to use that because that's a ton easier than making six different characters. Mm -hmm. So you technically, as NPCs, don't get stamina. I will just kind of uh, use these characters like if you did <laughs> if you get to if you live long enough to restore stamina <laughs> that makes sense uh, that so is, I took initial 16 points of damage plus whatever is happening now oh so one point of con damage if you lose yeah. a second point um, much like in Pathfinder that's when bad stuff starts happening and that would, probably would have dropped you I, I forget how many hit points <laughs> you guys gotcha. have it's not a ton <laughs> gotcha. okay that was turn one Turn two, top of the owner is Alira Aquana. I think my guys are doing really good. I'm just going to stand here with my gun and <laughs> wait to shoot it if it comes out. Captain, with all due respect, would you get your ass over here and shoot at this thing? I will shoot at you. <laughs> that'll, that'll do us a lot of good. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, am, I am our last resort. If it You're going to be the here. only resort if it kills the rest of us. Yeah, well, you know, then I'll just use y'all's grenades. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. I'm going to count that as a hold action. <laughs> and we'll see what happens with the next in the turn order, Zechaniah Spike Smasher. You've just been nearly torn in half by this this creature, and it is getting ready for round two of of Zvesk Snackums. What would you like? <laughs> so what, what is the runaway and crime? Is that a full round? <laughs> so there is withdrawal in, in Starfinder, and it works basically the same way as Pathfinder. Unfortunately, you're pretty sure with this thing with the long claws and its massive bite that it would probably still get a, a snack out of you if you ran down the corridor. You do have doors on either side of you, and if you want to just guarded step into one of them and like smash the, the door shut, uh, you can do that to try and escape this thing. I never run away from a fight. <laughs> well, you just asked I, about withdrawing. I mean, that was, that was G4. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> oh, well, Zekanoia, what do you want to do? Uh, Zekanoia or Spike will go ahead and just pull that trigger as fast as he can and just load this thing up. <laughs> okay, it will. That does provoke an attack. Can I take a guarded step back and then uh, fire, or will that still provoke an attack? I'm assuming this creature might have reach. This does, yes. This. Okay. This guy, like I said, you, um, it does seem to be able to just reach down this corridor and, yeah. and still bite you. Yeah. In that case, I'm just going to take the attack and I'll hopefully hopefully he'll miss and I'll pull the trigger first. Mm, okay, <laughs> let me roll that attack roll. Okay. Oh, man. The three hits, that'll hit. I was about to say, a seven on the dice. That is indeed a hit. Oh, it's so much damage this time. <laughs> uh, so that is 13 points of damage. And yeah, it just swipes you down to the ground. And as his last words, he'll just scream out, Avenge me, friends! <laughs> Throw that, you friends, Throw right? that gun! <laughs> Yeah. That down here. The the super heavy weapon that was supposed to make this fight kind of even is now like at the feet of this beast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Using a plasma rifle as an axe. I should say you're not dead dead yet, but you are dying. You're on the ground bleeding out. Well, I'm not going to save you. Next in the turn order is our Soki friend, Arcor. <laughs> Um, well, now, well, this just took a turn for the worse. The good news, there's no one standing in the way of your range shot at the moment. Is that good? <laughs> <laughs> it also means that they're falling first. Good for you all. Um, wow. All right. Well, at this point, yeah, he's just going to take a uh, shot at it from down here because he'll, he'll save the grenade for later and he is not getting close enough to use his sword. So. All righty. Arcor is actually just going to continue hanging around at the corner and just take a shot at this thing. So let's see here. That is a 23 total. That's a, that's a hit. <laughs> see. Oh, that damage. And that is six points of damage. Almost max. Great. Yeah, so it's not looking too good. It's been a couple holes shot in it, and at least that first round, it took a ton of red plasma cannon damage. Next is Q4. Actually, can, can Alara unhold her uh, her action and go into this other door and either pull the gun or the guy through the door, whichever one's closer? Yeah, yeah. So you want to move into the the, the crew quarters and, and try and, and pull yes. Spike Smasher out. So one thing that uh, might be a little metagamey, but uh, in Starfinder, 
just about everybody only has a single reaction attack per turn. So if you see this thing, you know, viciously beating on your best pilot, you're pretty sure that you'd be able to sneak in and sneak out uh, without without getting hurt. Okay, well, I'm going to go drag him through this doorway. Yeah, you can take the weapon too if you want. Yeah, I'm going to grab both and tell the guys, you know, hey guys, keep him busy. And I'm going to drag <laughs> the, uh, the guy in the gun through the door. Got it. Uh, all right, Q4, what you got? Okay, so now Q4 is going to attempt to distract it with a frag grenade. <laughs> that was the way I was hoping you would distract it. <laughs> Good job mind reading. So yeah, make an attack roll. To destroy the plasma weapon. Exactly. So, right, and once again, you're just trying to aim at this thing's feet. It hit, um, and you roll damage, and I roll a reflex save. All right, and how much damage does a, uh, does a grenade do? I think the base frag grenade, which is what you guys have, is just d6 damage so it's not a ton but it's you know at least some guaranteed damage within a, a certain max damage there we go all right well that's pretty useful i have i think whatever i rolled a seven here i've i'm not gonna say i've just failed the save because the thing was a little off kilter from uh, from seeing its its most recent meal dragged away from it the, the typical reflex save is based on the person's dex that's throwing the grenade. So you, if you can finesse the grenade right at its feet, it has a, a less of a chance of uh, not taking that damage. Uh, so that's full damage as it has failed the reflex. Six points of damage. Uh, I think in the history of our podcast, that's the most effective a grenade has been. <laughs> Congratulations. And you didn't fumble it and drop it at your own feet. So, you know, didn't bank it into the room with the captain. Yeah. I appreciate that. (laughs) One way to get a promotion. I mean, Karina Steelfang, you are next. Hey, Spike, my love. (laughs) Bunch of shots. Put the boot, the boot, and just (laughs) shot twice. (laughs) We're finding out new things about our crew all the time. Oh, another 20. Wow. So, was it plus eight? It'll be 16 for the... F- oh, there's no cover anymore, so 20 and 28. Those are both hits. Holy ah, so Louise. There's, there's no stopping the steel fang. <laughs> <laughs> you took out my lover, man. I mean, come on. That's a love. That, that's a mental image I just did not need. Do you guys, you guys think I'm not counting this as canon? All <laughs> this is canon. yelling as she's firing. This is happening in the story. <laughs> <laughs> what? Let's see. Why do you think I call him Spike? <laughs> I just picture time slowing down. She's in a rage and just like throws herself across the hall. Captain, I believe it's time for a marriage. Uh, a total of 12 points of damage. That's, that's so much damage. I don't understand. <laughs> it, yeah, you um, unload on the crest eater. It takes... It takes a lot of damage this round as well. It is still up because wow. I am I am sadistic and I've thrown an epic encounter at you guys for for this turn. It runs to the ah, end of, of the, the corridor. Like Covered. It has <laughs> nope, nope. It has a couple targets here. It actually can can reach Karina uh, Steelfang Q4 or Arcor. And I'm going to roll randomly, which is one thing I, I do on our podcast a great deal to see who this Crest Eater wants to to hurt the most. Of course, it's the the, the Ahsoki Arcor. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I know I'm bite-sized, but come on. <laughs> and it does take a, a nice bite-sized chunk out of you for 10 oh. points of damage and make me a fortitude save. Oh, all right. Let's see here. It's going to be a D20 plus. My bones, my precious bones. <laughs> yeah, they begin to dissolve away. And one point of con damage for Arcor as well. Ow. Uh, turn three. It hurts we've, so much. We've I'm got using those. Our, our friend uh, Spike Smasher unconscious on the ground. In normal game rules, if you guys were PCs, you would have some uh, resolve points and can just like immediately stop bleeding out. And next turn, you'd be able to even use some to get back in the fight, which is which is kind of a fun thing. But for right now, you are unconscious, just <laughs> your, your bones being dissolved by this thing's venom. And that brings us to our core. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see. So is a guarded step just a move action or is it a... Uh... It is indeed a move action, yeah. Okay. Takes up your entire move action. Well, in that case, I'm going in here. <laughs> okay, so you're stepping inside one of the quarters? Yeah, our core is immediately ducking through the door because he did not like that at all. Can you take a double move? Like, instead of using your standard action, you can take a second move? Uh, yeah, you okay. can. In that case, our core is moving right up here. 
All right, so you're kind of like flanking around into the quarters uh, behind this thing. Exactly. Eat them, not me. <laughs> and yeah, no, now now the Chris Eater has two targets. Uh, Alira Aquana. Is there anything I can do to, to stabilize my guy here? Uh, yeah, so I'll say you have, as captain, some some medical supplies on you. A healing serum, uh, at least a Mark One healing serum, which is just kind of like pop, an injectable, you know, heart starter and also magic healing uh, syringe that you can stab into to spike smasher fiction hunts in space I, that is what I think of every time one of my players does it to another one of well, I'm it spike does spike then. d8 hit points uh, back to him alrighty so why don't you roll that five great yeah so <laughs> you're you're back conscious again five hit points Spike so was I? Were, were you allowing me to be at zero then, so that way I could go back to five? Because I think I was at like yes. a pretty huge negative. There are no negative hit points in Starfinder. Once That's you get right. down to, to zero, you're out like a light, and you, then when you take more damage, you start losing resolve, <laughs> which right. you usually only have like five or six of. So within a few turns, if you're taking more damage, you die. <laughs> but you are back up five hit points, and if you want to do something. Uh, this turn, you, you can. I throw uh, your gun back at you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, if the captain throws the gun back at me, I'm assuming she's ordering me to fight. So I will exit the door mm-hmm. and fire. Okay. Uh, this will fight, I take another attack? It has basically it focused break. its attention towards Q4 and, and Korean Steel thing. It can uh, take an attack of opportunity. It's not going to. Okay, thank God. Maybe I say thank thank Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I roll 15. That is a hit, yep. So, 2d10 damage. I get to make a reflex save. (laughs) Failed my reflex save. Mike, would you do me a favor and kill this damn thing? (laughs) Not Mm -hmm. that. Oh, I guess not. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Total of four points of damage. <laughs> One and a three. It's better than nothing. That's amazing. Here, it has. Hey, he just came back from the almost dead. Kind of some slack. It has fifty-four hit points. The crest eater, and you guys have amassed a total of fifty-three hit points. Oh, <laughs> man. The turns continue. <laughs> Can I get a recount? Uh, beep, bop, boop. Yep. Uh, next in the turn order is right underneath the, the Crest Eater's hulking body. We've got Q4. <laughs> okay. So as my move action, I am going to draw my longsword and attempt to stab it. Oh, yeah. Go right ahead. You don't have bones that can dissolve, do you? Exactly. I can just replace those. <laughs> <laughs> Go down to the bone mart. It's fine. All right. So that is a 17. So I'm assuming that's probably a miss. Unfortunately, it is. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, next, Karina Steelfang. Are you Thank going to roll? Steelfang. Are you rolling another crit this turn? If you do, man. if I move over here, does it still get cover? No. Okay, I move and one good shot right in the eyeball. It is going to try and attack you while you move, though, because it oh. knows that you were lighting it up with that auto pistol. Bring it on, Puta! It oh, hits man. for ten points of damage. Go ahead and make your attack. You have twenty-two. Twelve. Oh no, that's a mess. Oh. The dice so abandoned you. And yeah, it is its turn. Oh boy, it is it's still very dangerous. It's going to do another couple attacks, one against Q4 and against Karina. So against Q4, oh boy, just about everything hits you guys. <laughs> uh, 10 points of damage against our android friend and against Karina, another hit for another 10 points of damage. Ooh, holy cow. Yeah, I I would I would like to kill all of you. So why don't you <laughs> first, uh, Arcor? You're next. All right. Well, in that case, Arcor is uh, going to spit the grenade out of his cheek pouch and into his hand <laughs> and pull the pin and just toss it down the corridor and try and land it under this thing. Alrighty, make me a tech roll. Uh, that's an eleven. <laughs> that is a hit. So you're just hitting uh, a the point. Square. In the yeah. hallway. Unfortunately, this is either going to do some damage against you and Zekanoia or uh, Q4 because it has a, a, a blast range of 15 foot. Ah, yeah, I was thinking it was 10. Oh, well. <laughs> Too late now. <laughs> it's okay. Who do you want to hit with this damage? Uh, you know what? The further away from me as, pos- as possible. So Q4 is fine. Got it. <laughs> Q4 that just took a ton of damage. I will remember this rat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is uh, three points of damage. 
Q4, make me a reflex save. I'll make one for our crest eater friend. It's <laughs> the best roll you've made all evening. <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't matter. Uh, while it has made its reflex save, it is still taking damage from this grenade. You got some guaranteed single points of damage. It had one hit point left, so it explodes and falls to the ground, dead. Yay! Yay! Good um, job, guys. And the other one comes out. <laughs> and Q4, yeah, Q4 takes another point as well, but does not die. Is that correct? No, he does not. Yay, <laughs> I know you can take it. You're tough. Everyone's and now alone. he is on a quest to kill Captain Dreadlock or whoever that guy was. <laughs> I'm on a quest to find bone restoring serum yeah. or whatever. Bring the rest of the arms of Spike. Bone grow more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's tend to the crew. Let's make sure everybody is uh, as put back together as possible. Because we're all yeah. kind of sloppy right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Burgundy comes over the uh, the intercom system and says, how's Jane doing? Did you get her back in the box? She's taken care of. Does that mean <laughs> a much means smaller box? <laughs> it means your uh, your promotion to pilot's been delayed, but only barely, <laughs> not by much. Oh uh, boy, uh, yeah. So you guys can take this lump of of bone and flesh and put it in the airlock and and give it a nice little space. Can uh, I locate some bagpipes? <laughs> yeah, you can give it the old uh, Star Trek. Uh, you know, don't have that, but we might have a kazoo. There you go. Yeah, boo <laughs> a, a space burial for, for this creature and uh, start tending to your wounds. And uh, as you guys are, are patching up and, and continuing on the journeys of the rusty rivet, that it does it for our little mini encounter here. Too. Very nice. Yay. That's awesome. Uh, that, uh, indeed, uh, <laughs> wasn't being easy on you. That was an epic fight. Yeah, that was a, a, a CR4 creature for you guys that are. <laughs> kind, of, kind of level one creatures, you know. We specialize in disappointing our GMs. So <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of fun tonight. That was that was more fun than a uh, little mini sode should have been. <laughs> you guys are awesome. <laughs> thanks for thanks for yeah. This was awesome. Thanks for having us on the show, guys. I just want to say thank you for being here. You know, we've been talking about this for doing this uh, a couple months now. Yeah. And it it probably went a million times better than I could have possibly hoped for. Because <laughs> uh, as soon as I uh, the space pirate action showed up in our adventure path, I, I knew I wanted to to do some kind of uh, some crossover bit. So, pirates. so this means at some point we're going to be invaded by aliens and Galarian. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. that's uh, I'm pretty sure Iron Gods. <laughs> Iron Gods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Right, so for everyone out there that's listening to Cosmic Crit right now, if you are not also listening to Cult Shot Podcast, you should check it out. It is one of my favorite casts and podcasts, you guys and the show you do, and I am going to lie and say that I'm wearing your t-shirt right now, but I'm actually, (laughs) I think I'm wearing a Destiny t-shirt, which is like 50% of the time. I have it upstairs (laughs) in my drawer. I claimed it recently, and uh, I'm going to be repping you guys at at PAX East that happened that's last awesome. week. Awesome. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you very yeah. excited about that. Uh, right. So that's going to do it for us. Just wanted to say thank you all again. And uh, we'll end this episode, this little bit, like we do on our regular podcast. And that's me inviting you to tell everyone good night, everybody. So good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.